What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Going to be joined by Wes Goldberg, co-host Wes Goldberg, in just a minute. We got another good one for you today, as there is more injury news, but this is positive injury news. I know we got tons of injury news almost every show, but this is some good stuff. And then Steve Kerr spoke about Alan Smilogich, who has been tearing up the G League this year. Talked about his expectations, uh, how he feels about his progress so far. Also talked about the two-way contract players, Kai Bowman and Damian Lee, and their future with the team as well. We're going to cover all that here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Wes Goldberg joining me in just a minute. He's up in Portland for tonight's game. Uh, Warriors, look, they beat Portland once. And they got Eric Pascal returning tonight. Going to talk about that as well as Steve Kerr, you know, has said publicly now that he expects and wants Damian Lee and Kai Bowman on this roster next year which I found interesting because, you know, you, you don't really step out and say that as a coach. And I'm glad he did because I think we all feel the same way, uh, or at least I know I do. And he also talked about Alan Smilagic and his progress so far in the G League because he's been tearing it up. I mean, back-to-back 25-plus point games from a 19-year-old in the G League is pretty, pretty good. 19-year-old second rounder. So we're going to get to all that in just a minute. But first... The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NBA. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-N-B-A at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on podcast.com slash offers. Wes, you are in Portland for tonight's game. I hate to, and you know, I feel like a broken record saying it because I feel like we do it every single podcast, but that is the news and we have to get to it. More injury updates, but this is a good one as Eric Paschal, after sitting out two games, is going to uh, play tonight against Portland. He did have a big game against Portland the first time. That's one of the Warriors' few wins. Uh, what what do you think we'll see from him? Do you think he'll be in the starting lineup? I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that come with his his return. Yeah, I actually don't really know if he'll end up being in the starting lineup, but uh, he will have somewhat of a minutes restriction tonight. Uh, they're going to be careful with him. They really don't want to risk anything long-term with this hip sink. Um and I think it's just sort of a situation that's lingering maybe a, a little bit longer than they're comfortable with. Like, like Pascal is going to play, but um, they're, it wouldn't shock me if they brought him off the bench or if he only played maybe about 20 minutes in the game. Um, but it's interesting because Pascal had his career best game against Portland the last time these two teams played, which is one of Golden State's few wins. And um, I think it was, it wasn't after that game. I asked Steve Kerr about it this morning, and uh, if it was after that game that he kind of realized 
what Pascal could be and started, you know, moving some of the offense towards Pascal. And he actually said it wasn't that. It was it was the Charlotte game when he really realized that the first Charlotte game when he really realized that Pascal was an isolation scorer and could have offense run through him. Um, but I think going into this Portland game to expect that sort of uh, responsibility for Pascal, um, probably not going to be the case. It's probably just going to be um, more of a, a part of the motion offense as opposed to somebody that is being run through uh, as they kind of just get him slowly, you know, acclimated back from the tip injury. You brought up the hip injury earlier and just how they don't want to risk anything with it. I, I agree so much to the point that I, you know, I don't know if he should be returning yet. I, I don't know why they're not waiting until they feel like it's a hundred percent. Just because we. Well, kind I think of... they think it's. I think they feel like it's a hundred percent now. Okay. I would. I think the precautionary rest was the last game that he missed. I mean, it's been two games. Um, it was really not even supposed to be even that long uh, in the first place. So the last time he rested, it was pretty precautionary, understanding that there's a little bit of a gap between the last game and the Portland game. So I think they're feeling pretty comfortable with it now. Um, but, and, and just the fact, like he could probably, he probably could have played the last game had it been, you know, a playoff game or something, but mm-hmm. um, they're going to be careful with him just with his minutes in general. And, and they're just going to continue to be pretty cautious with it. But I don't think that they would put him out there if they thought that there was any real risk of, anything more than like the normal risk of playing. Okay. Because yeah, that was my main concern is just why there's no reason to rush anyone back at any point throughout this entire season, because it's a lost season basically. So uh, as long as they're comfortable and confident with him being back, then, then I'll take it. But at the same time, you know, just err on the safe side this year, especially this year uh, after Excuse me. After Clay and everyone, obviously, but he'll be back. Uh, most likely. Well, you didn't say most likely, but wouldn't be surprised if he's off the bench or playing. You know, around twenty minutes or something tonight. And it's hard to guess who the starting lineup's going to be. I don't know if there is really a set starting lineup when there is a completely healthy team. I mean, the only ones I know for sure would be D'Angelo, um, Draymond, and Glenn Robinson, because that center spot. You know, it, it changes, and then Pascal with his injury, you don't know what you're going to do with the three. So, I I, I guess yeah. Willie Cauley Stein to try and match size, and then at the three, I I or, or uh, uh, two yeah, or three, I, however I, you want to look think, at. It. Well, I think you're I think you're right because Portland likes to basically play three guards too, right? So they might go smaller with Willie Cauley Stein to match up with uh, Hassan Whiteside at center. It'd probably be Willie. We're probably going to end up seeing Willie. Um, Draymond, D'Angelo, Glenn, and then maybe like Alec Burks. That would be that would maybe be my best, my best guess. Yeah, and uh, they are obviously without one of their two way players in Kai Bowman, who has played damn well all year. But you know the the situation with his his two way contract has him down in Santa Cruz. Alan Smiley gets down in Santa Cruz, developing. Damian Lee still up here. Maybe he gets the start again. I mean, he started last game, wasn't incredible, but was good enough. And it also allows them to keep Alec Burks coming off the bench if you start Damian yeah, Lee instead of Burks. That, that, that might be the move too. Damian Lee's a little bit stouter defensively. That I actually, when we were talking after, I kind of gave my guess. I was like, yeah, Damian Lee might end up. I mean, he had ten points in the first half in the last mm-hmm. game. 
um, kind of sizzled out towards the, the second half when the rest of the team sizzled out. But uh, that could make some sense. Yeah, and he you know he went oh five from three, which is not good because he, he's a shooter. But considering he was able to get ten points going to the hoop, shows that he can also. There's a little something else to his game besides just his jump shot. Uh, Steve Kerr actually mentioned something earlier this week that we've talked about, and you know haven't. It, it was the first time he really addressed it that he wants Kai Bowman or expects Kai Bowman and Damian Lee to be on the roster next year. Even uh, well, what do you? think about that I mean was that kind of a surprise for him to fully come out and say that at this point um not so much a surprise it actually kind of it, it jives with sort of the feeling that we've been getting being around the team it, it I don't think that there's going to be like this team seems pretty ready-made I mean there's there's some big changes that they could do if they decide to move on from like D'Angelo Russell I think we expect some of these guys like Alec Burks and stuff to maybe move on um, after the season, we'll see what they do with like Willie Collie sign his player option and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, these young guys, like it makes sense to move Damian Lee up to the the end of the roster. It makes sense to they obviously want to keep Kai Bowman and make him the backup point guard. Um, Omari Spellman, Marquise Chris, all these other Glenn Robinson, these guys who have shown that they could be you know pieces that make sense next to Steph and Clay and, and Draymond. I, I kind of think that that that's like we might just be seeing sort of the team. Um, that's going to be there next year as far as depth goes. Because, you know, if you're spending a whole year developing these guys, understanding that a few of them might not be there, but you don't want to completely turn over the roster either and just waste a whole year of development. And I think Damian is one of those guys that they've not only put this year into, but last year into as well. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because it really could be the, the variance of this team could be very little or could be a turnover of like seven players. It, it, it really could go either way, uh, which will be something interesting to watch. But I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It feels like if you're developing these guys this entire year, you might want to stick with them. Uh, two of the guys that we will see on the roster, at least one of them we know it will be under contract, and the other one Steve Kerr has said he wants there, are both in the G League. That's Alan Smilagich and Kai Bowman. And Steve Kerr actually talked about both of them and their development so far, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, if you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Then feel free to search a site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. That is BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G-T dot com slash l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n west steve kerr held his uh what media availability today and a big topic over the last two days has been alan smiley who has gone 10 of 16 from three down in the g league he had a 25 point game which he followed up with a 27 point game uh kai bowman ever since he's been down there his has kind of lit it up kind of shown that he's he's almost too good for the g league and Steve Kerr was asked about both of them earlier today in his uh, media availability. What did he have to say about those two? Yeah. I, I guess it was more about Smiley Geach, though, but what was, what was his uh, his thoughts on their, their progress? Well, I mean, he's been really happy with what he's seen from Kai Bowman. But, so Kai Bowman, uh, it's interesting. I'll, I'll start with him. Um, I was speaking with him a few times. About, like, I know that he views himself as sort of a John Wall, Derrick Rose, 
score first type of point guard. Those are the guys that he idolized sort of growing up. And the Warriors don't want him to be that, you know? And, and Kai Bowman was that in his, in, his, in his career at Boston College. He was a score first point guard. Um, but they want him to be more of a facilitator. They want him to, you know, even out his game and learn, you know, some of those point guard skills that you need to coexist with, you know, who the Warriors project to be, you know, their number one scorers, Steph, Clay, Draymond, like all these, D'Angelo, like he needs to learn how to pass to those guys and run an offense and make it easier for them to run off ball and do things like that. Um, and that's what he's been working on mostly in Santa Cruz. But you're exactly right. Like he's proven almost immediately that he's too good for the G League. Which is incredible. I actually was talking with somebody who has seen some of those games live in Santa Cruz uh, with the team, and he was even saying, like, dude, it just like the moment the game started, you could just tell he didn't belong out there anymore. Like, it was it was, it was literally just an NBA player coming in and dominating a bunch of small children, is what it felt like. <laughs> and that's pretty remarkable when you really think about what's happening here. Kai Bowen is was undrafted. He's playing on a two-way contract. He was supposed to be playing in the G League, right? He wasn't supposed to be with only 13 days left of his 45-day limit at this point in December. Like, how is it that somebody that looks like that on the court – he didn't suddenly get more athletic, right? That's not what happened here. How does somebody that looks like that on the G League floor somehow go undrafted? Because undrafted guys are supposed to be in the G League. Second-round picks are supposed to be in the G League. Jordan Poole, who was picked at the end of the first round, Ought to be in the G League. How does a guy like Kai Bowen slip through the cracks like the way he did? It's pretty remarkable when you really think about it. Um, so, in, like, they're really encouraged by his progress, not only at the NBA level, but what he's done so far. In the G- like, I think that just reinforces the fact that hey, we really got something here. We really yeah. kind of stumbled on a dude who's a legitimate NBA player. Uh, and then with Smiley Geach, uh they like I, I what they've been monitoring most is his conditioning. He had that ankle injury that kept him out of all, like most of training camp, all of preseason, and a lot of the regular season. He only returned three weeks ago. He's been making periodical trips, like back and forth between Santa Cruz and San Francisco to practice with the Warriors up up in Chase Center a few times when they're at home. Um, and they've really just sort of brought him along pretty slowly. But the G League has allowed him to play minutes and get his conditioning and just sort of get his win back. And that was the number one thing that they were monitoring because it's hard to do kind of evaluate a guy if he's not, you know, if he's huffing and puffing after 10 minutes. So Steve Kerr feels like he's made a breakthrough conditioning-wise. He's um, And now with that, he's able to sort of show that skill set that they, they found so intriguing over the last couple of years. I mean, he's a, a natural passer. He's a good shooter, as you talked about, with his three-point shooting. Uh, and they, they're, like, ready to see what else he can do. Now, I don't think – they're not going to rush him into an NBA game at any point, but Steve Kerr says they want, by the end of the season, he 100% wants to see Alex Smiley-Gage in an NBA game. He wants to make, he wants Smiley-Gage to make his NBA debut at some point this season. And I don't think it's because they feel like he can contribute right away. I know that mm-hmm. that's not the case, but it's just to say, okay, kind of like, let's just like we saw with Kai Bowman, what can this dude do at the NBA level? What can we see from him? And just, you know, it furthers your understanding of what he needs to work on, how he needs to round out his game to eventually get to that point. But they don't even have an end point in, in mind with Spagic. Like, we're talking about this season spending mostly in the G League. Like, I think next year he could be spending most of that season in the G League. Like, I don't, there's not an end point in sight of when Spagic will become an NBA rotation player, but it's a long-term project for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first, with Kai Bowman, you know, this guy was ranked in the 30s in just about every 
single draft, you know, uh, ranking I had seen. So the fact he went undrafted was crazy. But, you know, like everyone has different opinions on certain players, so it, it happens. But for him to come in and play the way he has being undrafted is ridiculous. It reminds me of Monte Morris a couple of years ago, uh, a little mm. undersized, um, a little older, went in the 50s to Denver and immediately is lighting it up for him. You know, immediately they're backup point guard. And, you know, the just the major difference is they, the Warriors have to navigate the two-way contract now. Uh, but you said, I mean, the fact that he got these opportunities in the NBA early in this season and lit it up the way he did was incredible because it's one thing to get the opportunity and be eh, fine, passable, but to come in and just take that job the way he did is incredible and a major win for the Warriors front office considering uh, they're not getting much out of their first round pick this year. Uh, but one of their other second round picks, you mentioned Smiley Geach. One of the things with him that I'm looking at uh, very closely, and it's only been, uh, I think he's only taken, you know, 39, 43s uh, this year in the G League, but he's shooting 43% on them. If that's something that's real, that is something that will expedite his uh, potential role on the yeah. main roster. Like, I agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the G League a lot even next year. But if his three-point shot is legitimately a 40% plus three-point shooter, then I think there might be a not every night roll, but we could see him get 40 games in the in the, uh, the the NBA next year. But that's also a big if because, again, this could just be a hot streak from a guy who shot 24% from three last year. Uh, but either way, the progress has looked really good. He's another guy who you watch him. He's 19 years old is another thing, yeah. playing against grown men in the G League and putting up, you know, back-to-back 25-plus point games. So even though it's it's, in the G League, it's still progress, and you're still happy to see it. And it's a small sample size, and you're right. I mean, like, we don't think he's going to be a 40% shooter from three-point range for his career, obviously. But, (laughs) um, you know, they do like – like, one of the reasons they like him is because of his shooting touch. Like, they do believe in that, and they believe in that as a big part of his skill set. He's just got really good touch with the ball. He's got good feel with the ball in his hands. The problems for him are his overall conditioning. And um, defensively, where do you put him? Because I, mm-hmm. he, he seems, right now he's one of these guys where if you put him in a pick and roll, he's going to get sliced and diced at the NBA level. He just is. He's not – like laterally, lateral quickness needs to improve, even though he's, he runs the floor pretty well. Um, there's still some things to round out about his game. Uh, and that stuff is going to just – I think more so it's – getting him acclimated to the G league speed of the game and getting consistent on that at that level. And then that's why you want eventually want to bring him up to the NBA level because you want to, you know, inundate him with a little bit of that NBA speed, that NBA feel of the game and just let him know, okay, this is great. You're doing this in the G league. You can dominate just with pure skill, but at some point you're going to have to use, you know, basketball IQ and basketball feel and really be able to see the bigger pictures of the game. And you're only going to do that, if you learn it at the NBA level at some point. So I think they want to sort of indoctrinate him to that, so that he understands what that is going into the summer and going into next season, continuing the development that way. Yeah. And I think it's a great idea also to get him a hand, what 10 games or something in the NBA this year, because again, like we said, when it comes to injuries or whatever, you're not missing out on anything this year. He's not going to yeah. cost you, you know, a playoff spot or something, or, or, you know, if anything, it'll help your draft, uh, positioning so I definitely agree with the fact that he should get a look in the NBA just to get acclimated like you said get a feel for it so 
they also mentioned no idea when it will be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not till towards the end of the year. Um, but you know, something to look for. <laughs> you, you get the update that Smiley Eats was the team one night. You, you might get uh, his NBA debut. You, you, you never know. Uh, Warriors taking on the Portland Trailblazers tonight. We do know Smiley Geach will not be there tonight, but Eric Paschal is back. And, uh, you know, let's see. They beat the, the Trailblazers once before. Maybe they can do it again. Uh, not holding my breath, though. Wes, good talking to you, man. I will talk to you tomorrow, and we'll be breaking this one down, uh, as we always do here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 